Okay, weird thing about Norman Reedus. Yeah. Uh, uh, his character in the new Death Strand in Death Stranding. Yeah. They say his name is like Sam Porter Bridges, but I don't know if that's true unless Kojima just made it so his last name was everyone's last name when they watched the trailer. Like, was he Sam Porter Davison when you watched it? You think? I just, I have no way of being sure because it's Hideo Kojima. You think it, like, read your your name off of, like, what? Do you think it was, like, through your computer or, like, psychic? I don't know. I don't know how Kojima works, psychomantis style, if you read my memory card. He's done it before, that wily bastard. Used to be four ordinary Oh, hello. What's up? How's it going? It's a podcast. We're back. I'm Andy. I'm Austin. And I'm Rory. And this is Saturday Morning Tuesdays, the animated podcast about real cartoons. Uh, Today, we've got a really fun thing happening that neither of my boys know about. It's like a real drop dead crazy challenge fight to the finish to see which one of my two co-hosts is going to come up with a theme this episode. Who's first? The theme today is crystals. <laughs> no, I like the fight to the finish theme. It's crystals. We've got we're in a healing shop. No. We've got wonderful crystals and, and they're gems and uh, beautiful energies. Well, I can tell you from my perspective that while I understand that we are literally in a crystal shop, I don't respect this theme and I don't re- and, I, and I'm going to fight Austin to the death. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Andy's theme. <laughs> yeah, about theme this of death fighting. fight. About these death <laughs> fights that that ever, the kids have been doing these for so long, and we haven't been talking about them. Like, what's going on? They're wearing <laughs> the, these one-on-one the, death fights. They're wearing the football pads. I don't think parents are doing enough to stop the teen death fights. Parents are doing nothing about these death fights. Right. They'd rather care about teen vapes. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> juuling. <laughs> they couldn't give a shit. <laughs> these these parents need to go buy some of those crystals for their kids. That'll stop all the fighting. Oh, are we doing two themes? This is gonna get weird. <laughs> this is our two theme podcast, where the theme is two themes. <laughs> but you didn't think about that. One of these days, we should release a, a behind the scenes episode of Saturday morning Tuesdays, uh, just sort of detailing the intricate planning that goes into. All of our, our themes, and how, our this, themes. And how this mosaic of rich theming comes yeah, together. Today, our week. team of writers has crafted an incredible, <laughs> incredible soundscape. <laughs> it's a bad episode so far. This is a bad episode, but I'm excited to talk about our shows because that too. might save us from it this might. real this from this death fight. This might be a, the, the surrender. <laughs> Yeah. This is the secret like fighter X that jumps into the ring after you're both really tired and the, it's it's cartoons. The cartoons are here to save us. Uh we uh we do talk about cartoons on this podcast. We have 3 that we are following currently watching episode by episode week to week. We're watching Cyber 6, The Wild West Cowboys of Moon Mesa and Sailor Moon. And fun fact, that's the order that we're going to do them in today. Wow. I love right, well, that. Let's, let's splash into this. Round 1, Crystals fight. <laughs> <laughs> There's a time 
Tracker plow! Crash, crash! That's the sound of me fighting in this crystal house. So guys, let's take a quick little dip into this into this Cyber Six, you know, nonsense, this hooliganery, and Ooh. and talk about talk about some of these these blue birds because this is called what was this one called? It's called the Blue Birds of Horror. <laughs> the blue guys, we watched the Blue Birds of Horror. The swarm of hostile birds invade the city. Cyber Six and Lucas learn that birds are possessed by Jose and pause only <laughs> whenever new broadcasts are transmitted. Lucas creates a diversion while Cyber Six gets to the local TV tower, an electrical broadcaster, where she and Data Seven defeat Jose's giant bird abomination. And can I say before we jump into the episode, uh, <laughs> the 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 uh, the summary that Austin sent? It took me a couple times before I noticed it. All the articles are the. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's not an English speaker's no. blurb. So no. I just had to start. I just caught me off guard. I was like, oh, this is like so. This is like a Russian <laughs> Russian translation. Speaking of weird translations, the title in French. I think it was in French that we yeah. that we see it on our version of of <laughs> yeah. Cyber Six that we're seeing uh, is uh, translated to the Blue Pigeons, yeah. which is <laughs> a very less scary title than Blue Birds of Te- Blue Birds of Horror. Yeah, just like some Blue Pigeons is like that's fine. That seems fun. So they had to really spice it up. So <laughs> let's uh, let's just get right down to to, to brass tacks here. The plan bird tax. <laughs> bird tax. Uh you gotta pay your bird taxes. Um for the bird attacks. <laughs> the plan here that Jose has is that he has hooked up a giant horrifying bird monster, which we get no explanation for, to some sort of transmitter and uses this crazy bird monster's brain to control all the bluebirds in Meridiana and attack people. And question no. mark, question mark, profit. I don't know. The, I don't know what this the plan bluebirds is. In, yeah, so his plan is very far-fetched, but... <laughs> far-fetched uh, is a bird I'm Pokemon. I'm really digging... <laughs> I'm really digging the style of this episode. It was sort of a lo-fi horror episode where yeah. not only are we totally. keeping yeah. track of, like, dates and times, and that already kind of puts us on a clock before we know what's going on. I'm like, oh, shit, time is important yeah. in this one. Yeah. And yeah. then the TVs are out in a pretty, in a pretty interesting little you know no explanation it is explained later but at first it's just kind of a a little creepy thing that removes these people from the outside world yeah well and that you know they can't go outside because yeah because those birds it's raining yeah. birds hallelujah it's raining. <laughs> yeah and these birds are, are doing pranks on people like hardcore bird pranks uh at one point yeah. they they steal an old man's hat and then they come back and steal his toupee and he, he yeah. yells back at them, I still have two more payments. It's <laughs> an expensive toupee, sir. You got ripped off. Uh, I had a good time with, we open in on Adrian alone. And this is not the only time we've seen them in their house by themselves this episode. But I think it, we've only gotten minor glimpses of them, uh, not as Cyber Six and alone. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned because they are very good at blurring which person they person they are. Uh, oh, mm. if there is a if there's no when there's no acting, you know, right? Um, totally. There's a, a lot more soft spokenness. They're not doing the Adrian voice. Mm-hmm. 
It's cool. Yeah, it's sort of it's yeah. sort of like we get a peek at like what the you know the natural self is, which is very somewhere in the middle, which is mm-hmm. very very cool. Um, yeah. Though Adrian yeah, is now, a real idiot for trying to like coochie coo these birds. These birds show up at his window and he true. like opens it up and he's like, I'm going to pet this bird. Who does that? Birds yeah, it's are like, assholes. It's like, it's, like it's, it's like they think they just woke up in uh, in Snow White. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, nope. This is a terrifying cyberpunk story. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> okay, to be fair, Cyber Six does get to like nuzzle a panther on yes, the regular. That's true. Okay. So. So she could have some skewed notions of like what animals are going to be chill as fuck. <laughs> Maybe yeah. this is my sister with with a brain in a pigeon, a blue pigeon. <laughs> is this like computer eight? <laughs> <laughs> a no, bird? I I did I did definitely enjoy uh, a lot of this episode. Uh, they they spend a, a good chunk of it sort of playing up how scary the birds are and not really advancing the plot, which is fun in its own it way. It is like, true. It's one yeah. of those weird things in a kid's story. Well, any bad storytelling, but I think it's most egregious <laughs> in, in children's cartoons where uh-huh. the thing that's supposed to be scary just isn't scary, so they have to keep telling us it's scary. <laughs> sure. Well, I, I just I thought they, they spent a lot of time building environment and building mm-hmm. atmosphere in this episode, yeah. which I really appreciated. And, you know, you see that a lot more in, in Eastern, like, manga and animation, where you just... What's it called? What's it called more... when there's an Eastern-style, like, cartoon? What do they call those over there? Oh, uh, you can call that anime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anime. Uh, but uh, that's what I've been told. Uh, but, you know, just the, the dedication to environmental storytelling and, and, yeah. and not just pure focus. I think it was, yeah. like, in Understanding Comics... Uh, McLeod talked about. Oh that yeah, McLeod talks about the 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 spy the like the the winding path where we're very linear through the comic panels. Yeah, remember well, that. But and so we just we see a lot more of like the day happening and day one. We see just birds all over town. Mm-hmm. And we see the the way the way the birds dial up their aggression from day one to day two, and that's a fun thing. You know, when we establish like, oh, what's this? This is a new element. Day one, and then yeah, day two. Um. You know, and suddenly these birds are not fucking around anymore. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the birds are getting spooky. And and then, yeah, we see, we finally figure out why. We see Jose is doing it with electricity somehow. He's doing... He's taking over Meridiana for daddy. Right. <laughs> Which I did not like that line. <laughs> okay, that that whole line, though. That whole line deserves to be, to be spoken aloud because we cut to him. Oh, that's true. Finally, and he says... Two little blue bluebirds sitting on a hill, one named Jack and the other named Jose. And Jose <laughs> is about to take over Meridiana for daddy. <laughs> uh, is daddy what he calls Jack? Who's Jack? Who are these? Who, why is Jack and Jose bluebirds sitting on a hill? It kind of sounds like a Simon and Garfunkel song. <laughs> I mean, it's an old nursery rhyme, but it's, it just feels weird. It's just Jack and Jose down by the schoolyard. Little ditty. <laughs> About Jack and Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Two American birds growing up. <laughs> down. So what I love is, so da- the daddy in question calls yeah. and <laughs> has a conversation with Jose about this plan and how he's going to somehow take over, take over the town. Yeah, I, this makes no sense. 
Well, it makes a little sense, right? I mean, on the face of it, clearly they're spreading terror via these birds. Like, it is fucking things up. People can't leave their homes because the birds are attacking, like, sure. literally hundreds and hundreds of birds, uh, which will be important later for a weird but, plot thing that happens. Uh, but who's like, in charge in this city? I don't like, know. Is there a mayor? Is there a, a town president? Is there, like, <laughs> police? Clearly there, not none of the above. Uh, but it's weird. Like, the... They eventually give like a, a a live television message. I don't know why it had to be live. They should have recorded it. The Declaration were... of Conquest. Yes, the Declaration <laughs> of Conquest, and they basically say birds now control the city, and <laughs> the people the people who rule those birds will now rule you. Uh, but not now. Tomorrow at midnight, because for some reason it takes a day and a half now. Yeah, why? And that anyone was who my resists us will deal like, with why? the consequence. Why was there a ticking clock? Like, I don't know. He didn't, there was no ultimatum. Like, okay, now the birds are going to be so advanced that they're going to be able to get into houses. They're going to take your jobs. Right, right. <laughs> They'll learn like metalworking and start like producing automobiles. Like, I don't, I don't understand what the outcome of this is. Like, I don't either. And there's, yeah, there's the military is not mobilized. They're not like if there was a mayor or something and they could threaten the mayor and have him like tied up and have like a giant scary bird next to him or something, you know, like, yeah, then we have a reason for the ticking clock. I mean, it was still like there was some good anxiety from it. But there was when you think about it for a second, it's like, wait, why the fuck does this matter? It makes no sense because by the time they deliver the ultimatum, they've already won if their plan is to terrorize the town with birds. Right. Like They've done it. <laughs> they've done it. They're there. The birds are there. Everything sucks. So, yeah, it was it was very odd from that perspective. But I wish that they'd paid off what ended up happening a little more because we spent so long sort of talking about how the birds are scary and how many, how you know, how many fucking birds there are. But only near the end do we really realize that it's because Jose has some horrible bird monster. But the bird monster is mm -hmm. not a character that we know about. We don't care about what happens to him. I wanted the no, birds to no. be involved somehow in their, like, you know, I wanted the birds to attack Jose or something. Or, right, or you know, if the like, birds all swarm together and formed a creature out of, like, <laughs> yeah. a, a writhing mass of birds. Yeah. It, it, as it is, it just sort of felt like, oh, well, I mean, of course he has another monster. And I guess we yeah, read between so I think the that, lines. And that's, been a, that's been an invention of the cartoon that we've mm -hmm. seen where they just kind of tack in a monster at the end, uh, which is kind of too bad. Although I did think the monster was kind of fun, but yeah, I agree. As, as a piece seeing of, his big as owl a piece face of peeking out of a refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. He I mean, was like, certainly a red hair, not red herring, a, what do you recall it? Sore, sore thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we had seen him as like a little baby, adorable baby owl, and he was like, oh, I'll take you. And then he's like separated from his mother. And then there's like a whole emotional connection. You mean kind of like they did with the mud man? Yeah. Where we but, saw him sort of get created. Yeah, exactly. Um, But they didn't do that. No. Uh, we also learn a very important piece of information coming from Richter being very mad and being like, make sure when I go on, you got to turn off auxiliary. Uh, and hit the source button and then change it to HDMI. <laughs> Make sure you you don't forget. Yeah. Being a dad. And so the, the birds can't function. Or the birds, the signal can't go out when he's doing his, his putting on his TV show. Yeah, that was that was like ham fistedly told to us. The important plot point was that they can't 
broadcast television at the same time that they use their bird powers because they use the same frequencies or some shit. So they have to turn off bird power to send the message, right. which a Nazi in the TV end, show. What is this, Roseanne? It's a topical joke. You, you want to take that joke again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. A, a Nazi TV show. What is this, Roseanne? Ah! <laughs> so Cyber Six and Lucas, they meet up and they kind of figure out like, okay, these birds are a problem, right? Because <laughs> Cyber shows up during the broadcast is happening and she's like, yeah, there weren't any birds. I don't know what you're talking about. And then it's over and she pops up the window and then the birds are going crazy. And so yeah. that's when they piece it together <laughs> with like a dramatic on. zoom in on Lucas's face. And he goes, airwaves, <laughs> like when he figures it out. <laughs> but then immediately after that, she pops open the window again and tries to leave. And of course, she gets like pecked to death by birds nearly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what was your plan there, Cyber? I don't know. But Lucas, Lucas's move is, is so like old man. He like waves a broom at him. <laughs> It's so yeah. great. He just like leans out the window and waves a broom at all the birds. Like, get out of here, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. And then they cook up a plan. Yeah, they get her back inside and cook up a plan to figure out where the signal's coming from. And then they go through the sewers. Yeah, we're doing um, sewers again, but no one mentions the poo gas. Like, there's no no one smelling it. It was talking about that poopy smell. No one. I, it's yeah, just that's really the breaking my that really immersion show for me. Your <laughs> <laughs> uh, sewers are gross. Uh, yeah, you would think from it's like ventilation shafts and sewers are just like the coolest place to hang out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they they eventually it doesn't it's not hard to figure out where the signal is coming from because it's the tallest building in Mer- Meridiana and it's a giant like radio tower. Uh, yeah. so yeah, it's blast and hell electricity. I we do have to talk about Lucas's plan, which makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, it does not make any sense. Th- this show kind of slipped into nonsense. Uh, at some yeah, point, absolutely. Yeah. It, God, I, I mean, how many? Based on all the shots so far in this episode, how many birds would you guess are in Meridiana? A Hitchcockian amount of birds. <laughs> One Hitchcock of birds. One Hitchcock of birds, uh, right? A shitload of birds. Like a city full of birds. We're not talking about. Yeah, it's a city full of birds. We're not talking about like a hundred birds. We're talking about like right thousands of birds. Yeah. Uh, Lucas's plan is to have Data Seven lure the birds, all of them, into a room in a building, and then shut the doors basically so that the birds get trapped in the room. Yeah. Come on, man. It is and a they're very, surprised very when there are idea. more birds. I did kind of appreciate the sequence. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Data 7 runs in. There's a little trap door on a pulley. There's a second one. And I'm like, what are they going to trap themselves in here with the birds? This is <sighs> this is an even <laughs> well, stupider plan than we even thought at the beginning. And then it's we'll find it out. Also, also, Data 7 running from the birds is actually kind of ter- kind of horrific. Like, well, it's it a was. good time it to was. have a panther. Yeah, the, well, the panther's getting attacked by birds, and um, it, yeah. Anyway, so he gets he gets into that little like lever room, right. and uh, then this is when such they a got... act three horror movie thing, like this sure, scene but... is in like every horror movie where the the surviving person or two They've have their like, like a, last ditch uh, Rube Goldberg machine to help yeah, themselves. Yeah, and I just wanted to to give the the trap a little bit of a tap on the head and say good job, kid, because I liked when 
they have it set up so that the, the one they pull when they're on the inside, then the other one is like the rope sets up to pull from the outside. I thought right. it was cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a little hard to describe exactly, but it was a nice little detail that showed they were aware of the space. Although it right. was funny, as soon as they, they get out of the trap and there's just a shit ton more birds, and they're like, oh, that's right. The whole city's full of fucking birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, more birds? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Uh, God. And then some bird nonsense happens. There's a little bird nonsense. Uh, and Cyber Six shows up where Jose is. She fucks up some uh, fixed idea goons. And then beyond We're wearing uh, like cameraman kind of gear. And it's a little funny. It is. It is funny. Yeah. The fixed ideas seem to have uh, appropriate outfits all the time. Like they were cons- <laughs> they had like construction outfits during the one. Yeah. Of the Team drill. Rocket. Yeah. <laughs> but. Beyond all reason, Data 7, the panther, who has been running away from birds this whole time, shows up at the scene to help. But all the birds that have been chasing him also show up, which sucks. It's like, she probably didn't need your help. I mean, in the end, she kind of did. Like, he he bites the bird monster in a pretty intense way. Yeah, that but was like, cool. But, like, thanks for showing up and bringing all of the birds, you asshole. <laughs> like, it's, it's just such a weird, I don't know. There's a lot that makes very little sense about their plan. I could, again, we don't have to talk about it anymore. I'm sorry. I'm just very, I'm very I perturbed. I feel like they reverse engineered <laughs> this episode from just, well, we have a panther. And I guess panthers are good at, like, catching birds. <laughs> and what if we did then, okay, we'll do a Hitchcock the birds episode. Yeah. And then there's just birds. And then I oh, guess don't Jose's we need a involved, monster? So he's controlling them. Okay, cool. And then he's got a big bird. But not that, Big Bird. And then they fight. Okay, we got this. Great. Let's do it. Do we have a reason for what? No, we got, I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, and by the end of it, the fact that they've been tracking time didn't actually ever pay off in any way. No. No. No, it wound up being kind of an empty mechanism. <laughs> but the, the bird monsters, like we said, is he's kind of fun. Like he... He's not he's not specifically he's like a bird human situation because he's, he's got an wings. owl boy looking guy. Yeah. Like griffin like a griffin. He's and, like and, a griffin because uh, he's got like arms a people and griffin. wings. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. He's he's very characterless. Like his, he barely gets animated. He's in one pose and the wings flap. Um, But then he like captures cyber six and flies off with her. But data seven jumps up on, on the bird monsters back and like savagely bites its neck and they yeah, fall he's tearing into him. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, for a moment, his, the came after his lady, <laughs> his data his, seven said, his said, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I know they're not, then, not late. I just mean, he's very protective of cyber six. Okay. That's true. Okay. And cyber six, you know, uh, catches, uh, catches Data Seven once I think the bird gets electrocuted or something. It's it's not very clear. There's a big it's explosion. Not super clear. It some, like some kind of disintegrates thing into green explosion. goo. Uh, catches Data Seven and you know Jose runs away like usual and Cyber Six kind of stands around while he runs away. Which yeah. at this point <laughs> I'm starting to feel like Cyber Six almost just as culpable. For not really doing any any follow up once Jose, well, she's in an odd predicament because she's not a vigilante. She's right. I mean, she sort of is in opposition to these guys. In the first episode, it seemed like it was because she needed their their green juice, but we haven't been doing much with the jelly lately. No, I haven't seen any green juice. But she, I mean, what could she do? Tie him up and 
keep in prison forever? There's no, there are no police here. Yeah. <laughs> as far as we can tell, there's no prison. <laughs> there's only street justice. Yeah. Well, and so this episode ends with uh, Lucas sort of being like, well, I guess I wasn't helpful at all this episode. And she goes, yep, but hey, thanks. And you tried. No, it, it ends on my favorite part where they're like, yes. oh, shit, we got to let those birds out. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, yeah, we have a that thousand room. birds in a room. <laughs> we have to go let them out, which was and a the- nice detail. They didn't have to include that. But no. I'm- but then apropos of nothing, Cyber Six ends on a line where she says, boys, we've got to quit meeting like this. <laughs> Trapping birds in a room? <laughs> such a shitty attempt at a wrap it up line. It feels like that feels like something Charlie from Always Sunny would be doing. Oh, you know, I'm just trapping birds, trapping <laughs> these birds in a room. I get all these birds out of here. It's oh. a weird thing. It's a weird thing to do. Isn't that Lucas? Isn't he that teacher that keeps trapping birds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, boy. That's pretty much it. It was kind of a dead dove do not eat scenario that i was expecting when they were going to open those windows yeah right and let the birds out like if they were all if they're all dead well and <laughs> lucas does kind of at the end walk in on cyber six and data seven smooching a little bit a little uh, bit well it's one of those Some things like Panther yeah he, he's time. a cat but they they make it pretty clear he's got the fully functioning mind of a human so i don't know how i feel about those face licks anymore now it feels a little gross <laughs> It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's more of an instinct, instinctual brain. Yeah, like, like I don't know like, if it's all like in anamorphs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you gotta come up with new points to take off of Andy's score. Just for, I can't get anime demerits for, for anime, anamorphs. Anamorphs, bull, anamorphs demerits. <laughs> you guys, we we can't just make negative points for everything I like. We can't assume no, everybody's we can, read we twenty animorph books either, Andy. We have to be accessible. <laughs> oh, this show's gonna worry about being accessible now. Great, great. Let's figure that out. Let's retool it. Let's figure it. out how to how to leave our discussion on Cyber Six. Okay, uh, let, uh, we got to get back to that fight already in progress in the Crystal House. Yeah, let's let's go back into it. Okay, so now we're back in the back in the in the hot seat, looking for some looking for some for some money. So, and oh, <laughs> oh no. Um, well, you know we can't look too carefully at the hand that feeds us. Uh, Austin, I know you have some reservations about this about this guy who keeps coming to us for for advertising, <laughs> but <laughs> unfortunately, our our word this week we're brought to you by Jeff Styles back. <laughs> Colon jacking it backwards. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Yeah, Jeff Style Style jacking it backwards is a brand new um, cyber uh, video beamed to your eyes um, that Jeff... So Jeff has... Uh, mastered uh, uh, masturbation so hard that it sent him back in time. Wow. Uh, so he, he just, he jacked it so hard, he jacked himself right back to <laughs> like medieval times. And and so he's he's been able to jump now all throughout time, kind of quantum leap himself, <laughs> all throughout trying to hope that this masturbation will be the one that takes him home. Uh, and he's 
released uh, a, this sort of futuristic medium um, of, of teaching how to do it. And it's very useful. Uh, you know, it's very cool. Uh, you need to sort of figure out how to play it because it is a very futuristic medium of video. Um, but once you can figure that out and hopefully crack the code, uh, you might be able to find him in time and hopefully help him come back to uh, come back to reality. So uh, it's very exciting. It's very fun if you like both masturbation and time travel. <laughs> uh, and I recommend you check it out. Go get it beamed into your eyes. Jeff Styles back, jacking it backwards. Going jack in time. <laughs> Going jack in time. <laughs> Hey, Crystal Battle friends. Uh, we're coming back to this this mysterious crystal shop and looking at all the oils and scents and uh, w- a wonderful holistic merchandise that get, that's getting toppled over in slow motion by just just slams. Uh, body slam after body slam from Austin and Rory. Um, and they have like cool uh, Mad Max like face paint and, and sh- side shaved heads and the football pads with the spikes on them and and this death fight is great, and you're you're very much enjoying it. You're paying a good amount of money to watch it, like a what like a wrestling match. Yeah. Um. And also, we're watching Cowboys of Mimesa. That's also what we're watching now, uh, as a seamless transition. Uh. And the episode we're watching now is episode seven, Wet Word Woe. <laughs> wet Word Woe. I Wet Word Woe, but with two jokes, because I guess that's better. <laughs> Although wet word ho maybe isn't isn't great either. Maybe so not. They maybe needed to gussy that up a little bit. Uh, here's the synopsis: Cowtown dries up, and only Mayor Baloney has the water. When Cody finds the real reason for this, it is up to him to bring back water to everyone. Yeah, real great way to erase the wonderful work of everybody else, including Jr., uh, who actually did <laughs> did the work to do that. But I guess yeah, give credit. To Cody for everything. Yes, yeah, summary. Yeah, summary from Wikipedia. Yeah, so this episode's kind of uh, it's it's kind of cut from a, like an old, like a classic old West plot, right? I mean, like damming up a river is sort of uh, I, I I don't know. It feels it feels thematically appropriate for for yeah. their whole setting. I don't know any westerns that they're pulling from, but definitely like water rights was a thing, and that's what Bologna yeah. uses to claim the claim the well. Mm-hmm. Um. The episode is well, written by somebody named Cliff, and I feel like <laughs> that's somebody who has been around and written a lot of old Western plots before. Just they might because have gotten, he's named Cliff? Yeah, just because his name is Cliff, basically. But I wonder if they got a bunch of writers who were used to writing a bunch of old Wild West serials, and now they're like 85 in 1992, <laughs> and they're just like, hey, do you want to do a thing does, for the kids? Yeah, like an, this is like a bonanza sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I never watched uh, much of. Or no. like Have Rebel Travel. The, the cowboy shows are were never really my thing. Just the movies. Just those talking pictures. Right. <laughs> just yeah. the talking pics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, this is so, kind of a bullshit episode. Yeah, mostly mostly there's not yeah. much to talk about. They uh th- the big bad guys, of course, as always, they are detonating a bunch of dynamite to uh dam up this river, which is the source of all fresh water to Cowtown. Uh and their plot is that Mayor Baloney owns the land where they dammed it up, 
And so he's just collecting a bunch of water and selling it at high price to all he the citizens. He owns a deed that everybody thinks they can't touch him because he's got a deed to a section of the river. And that means he's entitled to do whatever he wants to the water that runs through it. That yeah. affects everybody else. And I think that's not how that works even remotely. Well, it's certainly not how it works today. Maybe it is sort of how it worked in old Wild West times. But, you know, if I wanted to just exclusively take dumps in my section of the river, that probably isn't going to play nice with the people downriver. Right. Uh, I imagine that they would, you know, have issue with what I did. I, I, what I don't understand is why more of these uh, Cowtown citizens don't just mobilize like an angry mob. Like, we haven't seen any authority higher than the marshals or the mayor at all, like any representation. That's they're so on like, a mesa. Right. So, like, why do these people just put up with it? Why don't they just literally just Violent take overthrow? back what they need? Yeah. Yeah, I they'd guess rather what I'm... die than, like, challenge <laughs> the entrenched authority system. What I'm really saying is we need a violent overthrow. You're correct. That's that's what yeah. Cowtown needs. Yeah, I'm waiting for the French Revolution situation that's going to happen in season two. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking speaking of this sort of like, you know, populist overthrowing is like we go we we finally we see the Native American village and it's just this they're just dusty, empty houses. Yeah, the Pueblo. It's pretty desolate. Like the Pueblo village the, the, the Pueblo style stuff. Yeah. yeah. Also, Jr. in the first scene when he has his like water detecting invention. I know it can't be racist because they've invented this new thing, but it sure <laughs> felt racist. <laughs> I know it can't be. It felt racist. like it should be. <laughs> I mean, it's a divining rod with like extra things on it. Yeah, yeah. Or a dousing rod, divining it's rod, a, yeah, dousing. Yeah, rod. they're like the same almost. Definitely dousing rod, but I think divining rod might also be one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's there's definitely the the last time we saw Jr. the one and only other time uh, he was just sort of treated like a kooky inventor, which was kind of nice. But this time. They stray once in a little while towards, like, you know, some stereotypes. Uh, well, I, I, I know he has, it's a, we talked about this the first time we met him. It's a Native American actor, but I didn't remember his accent being quite as inauthentic as it was this episode. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it's still not too bad. Like, as, as far as, like, you I know. I tend to agree. I just meant, I didn't notice it. Maybe because he only had, like, one line in the first episode. Right. Yeah, I just don't think they gave him much to do. I think I think definitely as far as like Native American portrayal in the 90s, I think this gets a, a pretty resounding uh, yay from me. But yeah, it does. Yeah. But if you had to guess what he sounds like, you're exactly yeah. right. You did it. Good job. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the He does have a niece, which we meet, which is kind of fun. Yeah, Tewa. Uh, Tewa. And she is fun. She seems she's like a Cody counterpart and they seem to be mm -hmm. uh, they're sort of like going out, you know, like they're off hanging out. They're off like having a picnic on their own. It's like, man, yeah, they they, they fucking I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I want to point out something that, that I thought was really funny. They, I looked up because uh, I wanted to see how to spell Tewa. Uh, oh, yeah. I and it, it is it is uh, T-E-J-U-A. Oh, okay. and uh, I looked it up on, on the, the Moo Mesa wiki and there are only two comments on Tewa's wiki page. And one of them says, I've been wondering if Tewa and Cody ever hooked up. And the second one says, <laughs> eh, I ship them regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really like. 
that means someone is actively thinking about them, <laughs> even as we speak. As we speak. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They the Jr. is kind of like the main the main focus of this episode. He sort of has, you know, he gets three tries at a cool idea to help get water back uh, after they've resigned themselves to just going along with the with the mayor's baloney. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh, uh, so he's got like two failed invention as inventions and one good invention that he figures out at the end after watching a rattlesnake and a turtle. <laughs> yeah. And and also having, so he fails a second time with his, uh, his like cactus juicer, which <laughs> somehow doesn't work. They're not really clear about how it fails because. Well, it fails because all it does is squeeze the cactus so much that the needles fly out like bullets. Right, but well, he invented know... a stick in the middle of the episode that worked out okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but then everybody sees this dynamite. And they're like, "What could we?" Oh no, dynamite! And he's he just picks up a stick and is like, "This this is what you needed." This is and he flings the dynamite very very far. Farther right than any human guys. could ever fling dynamite. Yeah, farther than you could throw something without the without the aid of a stick. <laughs> Mechanical advantage, <laughs> right? No, so, it's, but it's he very did, the weird. cactus juicer fails and then he gets really down on himself. And then Marshall <laughs> Montana's like, "Hey, Jr., you need to relax and go back out to nature." And I don't know, having a the yeah. cowboy tell the Native American to like go back not, to nature, it but it's also a nerd. And he's right. telling the nerd to go get go out go outside. You dumb, you new dummy. <laughs> go, get some, go get some of that vitamin D. You gross nerd. With your nasty true. pale skin. He, you know, and I don't know. It was just kind of a weird moment. Uh, and then, he, yeah, he sees a turtle and a snake and he's like, yeah, that's it. A giant magnifying glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I was kind of expecting this like, uh, you know, turtle on a like turtle on a snake. Sort of, sort of this, like, hmm. I've solved it. <laughs> so, Come up with a brilliant so, plan. I love that moment so much, though, because he sees the rattlesnake like hissing at the turtle and his his response is like about the rattlesnake's thirsty and he feeds him water and then the turtle flips himself over. So he flips him back up and we get no indication of how that inspires him. But his line is, ah, my good friend nature has shown me the way once again. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, then he builds a magnifying glass and the whole point is to, you know, not unlike a child trying to kill an ant. He is using it to melt the snow on a nearby a mountain. Heat cannon. And a heat cannon that melts the snow and all the snowpack will melt and then fill the the same river or a different river. I don't know. But it makes <laughs> a new was... river. Right. And, you know, all I'm thinking is great. Good thing the snow will never run out. Like, yeah. good thing there's, the thing there's always going to be snow on that mountain yeah, now that we're aggressively melting it. Ecosystem? I just don't, I don't... It just so much of that made very little sense, but it makes a new river and like all the Pueblo's crops are better and everybody's, you know, pumps work and the mayor is all pissed again. But like, I don't know. I want to go back for a minute because there's a, a very interesting development that happens halfway through the show. Sure. Where, uh, the idea is to dig a well and they need shovels and pickaxes and they oh go to the general store and there aren't any because they've all been taken or bought. They've been purchased. They've been purchased and Mayor Baloney just has about 3,000 shovels. <laughs> 300 shovels. Yeah. At his place. Just sitting around. 
like that will teach them. We've we've solved this, <laughs> not without any shovels. These motherfuckers can't can't shovel. <laughs> and and the impression here is that nobody had a shovel already, right? Like <laughs> that gets paid off, I guess, when they need a way to end the episode and they need a way to show the mayor what for and and to figure out because he's he's got all this pile of riches from from grifting all the water to people and selling it for a high price, and a. So in order to get some form of justice, they have the shopkeeper show up and say, well, here's your bill for all those shovels you bought. (laughs) And he has to pay all of that gold back, back to the people. But why to the people? Because it should all go. Because everybody should get a shovel. We all took away (laughs) their right to shoveling. And so JR has to has to invent a significantly more goofy way to dig a hole because there's no shovelings to be done. Right. Yeah, that's his first failed one before the cactus juicer is he makes a giant drill, but they can't pierce bedrock and it just tears itself apart. Well, that's right. Yeah, they get Buffalo Bill or wait, Bu- Buffalo Bull. Sorry. Buffalo Bull. They get Buffalo Bull <laughs> to rub the lotion on his Which, skin. And Buffalo then... Bull, that's two animals that are different. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right (laughs) yeah Yeah, but it's one very distinct character (laughs) yeah i don't know the 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 part at the end doesn't really make a lot of sense to me i mean it would what would make sense to me is give me all that money or like that, that that transaction didn't make any sense because he has all the shovels and all the money and the solution was haha now we're going to take the money but we didn't see him give back the shovels so now the shopkeeper is out the shovels and presumably <laughs> yeah, no profit right. i do like the idea that now <laughs> mayor baloney just episode. has 300 shovels <laughs> to, to me what was so funny was this whole time so we're spending a lot of time like from between tewa and the cowboys Kind of constantly having to stroke JR's ego because he's just a completely confidence-less sad sack. Uh-huh. <laughs> but but all of this being said, they still have no time to let him explain how his inventions work. They're no. Just, <laughs> they're just so like, no, rude. shut up. No, it's so boring. Be quiet, please. <laughs> oh well, like you he... see, science, like, no, let's go. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I want to paint that picture because it's not it's not like they say, oh, God, I hate what you're saying. Oh, no, it's so annoying when you talk. He just starts talking and instantly they all turn and walk away with no words. Yeah. Like I've, I've interacted with people. Thing. It's so fucking rude. There are. OK, so uh, I'm not going to name names or places. And sometime in the last several years, I worked at a location and there was a person uh, who would just latch on to someone and just start telling them the most uncomfortable and long stories. And we all had an unspoken, well, we actually had to speak it, rule where like if he latched onto you, everyone around you can just leave because it's a save yourself rule. <laughs> oh, we had somebody exactly like that. And we called it we called it throwing a, a, a Kilmer grenade, which is when you made somebody when whoever has to talk to whoever like, you know, is the one who last last left alone with this guy is just stuck there. Or if you were there was really like you know, you'd be already stuck talking to him and he he would just follow you as you walked away. So like that. Oh, and God. so you'd have to uh. kind of di- you'd have to like bring him to somebody else and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. and, and what I want to what I want to underline here about that is that all, what we just described still retains one level of politeness where we leave someone listening because someone has to listen to the story. <laughs> 
everyone in Mumesa walks away from JR and he is left talking to no one. That is yeah. just not what you do to a friend. No. <laughs> Unless they're talking about anime. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> you listen to me talk about anime. When we we're just IRL, when we're just friends, when we're not on this podcast and you make fun of me for, for, for fame and giggles, <laughs> we, you listen to me. We're still ready <laughs> to pounce. Too. <laughs> was telling you they pound you. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking nerd. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like we said, this wasn't an incredibly noteworthy episode. Uh, at the end, Jr. stands in front of the whole town and says, like he thanks the tortoise who taught him to keep trying, which I guess was the message he got from the turtle. Never give up. Wait, never give <laughs> Wait, up. How do you know that phrase? <laughs> <laughs> um. The the last shot that we have of this whole episode, though, is like after Baloney's gotten all of his money taken away, we just have a prolonged shot of him crying into his own arms slumped over a table. And then we go to credits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel pretty bad for him in that moment for a second. Like just the way yeah. the shot's framed. It's like really sad. It's the buyer's remorse of a man with 300 <laughs> shovels in his house now. <laughs> and nothing else to show for it. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You know, this is pretty good. Ah, pretty other good. shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll uh, see you next week, Cyber Six. Cyber Six? You know, Moo Mesa. <laughs> Cowboys of Moo Mesa. You know what? You know what? It happens to the best of us. You know what else happens to the best of us? A sponsor. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's cut to let's sponsors. I like the way that you, you make a, a the transition into the sponsor so that we can't cut out Rory's weird thing that he did. <laughs> Let's go to a sponsor. It's all going to It's all going to stay in. Hey, my, 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 little, my little baby baby boy, Austin. Uh, when, 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 I'm a baby, love my bottle and things. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, what, what's that's up? what we all say about you. Uh, I have uh, some copy for you to read. Boop, 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 boop. There you go. Shows up on your phone. And it's about a new sponsor. And they paid oh. us a lot of money. Uh, an oh, yeah, exorbitant amount of they money. They paid me three dollars. Yeah, because I'm a baby and I don't understand money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're putting the rest in a trust fund for you. But we, uh, we, we we've got a lot of money for this one. Can you tell us about Barnabas, King of Trains? <laughs> I would love to tell you about Barnabas, but I just burped because I'm a baby <laughs> and I I had my milk too soon. <laughs> And Barnabas King of Trains uh, is this great new toy that I, a baby, got uh, to play with in my crib. Uh, and it's a very large train. It's much larger than any other train that I've seen, and it dwarfs me in size as a baby. Um, and I've, I've come to worship it as a god, as a king, as a god king, among other trains. Uh, because it is, again, such a large train and does have flashing lights and real smoke um, and a fun face. <laughs> And, <laughs> and and just just to see this train is is one is to instill awe in that of a child um in a mind <laughs> such as mine uh and with no uh like other narrative about it with no parents to tell me what it is or, or to make sense of what this thing is barnabas the king of trains um i see him as a god in a way to live my life and to base on my morality off of based on his wonderful real smoke and flashing lights and every morning I see him, I bless before him, um, and he tells me those which are the wicked. Um, and I <laughs> do upon him the, the, the slaughter that he requires. Uh, wow. And 
so that and then he's gonna pay me three dollars at the end. Wow, wow, I love this. I'm a baby. Uh, be <laughs> sure to check it out, BarnabasKingOfTrains.com that I just uh, created uh, because I am his eternal servant. It's time for my nap. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've had an exciting two rounds of crystal boxing. Uh, Austin won one round. Rory won another. I don't know which one it was, but I do know they're neck and neck now. Uh, they're they're both bloodied. We've wrapped our necks around each other like a couple giraffes. <laughs> That's how they kill each other. Yeah, yeah. They they just they just have some sweet neck rubs. No, no, no. They're not. It's not a good kind of wrapping our necks. It's the it's the mean kind. <laughs> So the summary for this one, which is episode 28, Tuxedo Melvin, uh, is with three of the rainbow crystals in the hands of the Sailor Scouts and Tuxedo Mask, Zoocyte must find a way to retrieve them. In order to do so, she decides to go after the Sailor Scouts crystal first, and she decides to target Molly, knowing that Sailor Moon is friends with her and will give up the crystal if she's in danger. Meanwhile, after hearing the girls talk about Tuxedo Mask, Melvin decides to be like him and dons the personality Tuxedo Melvin in order to protect and impress Molly. I gotta say, when we watched the episode Too Many Girlfriends, I had a lot of expectations based on the title that it just didn't quite live up to. It was a fine episode, but it wasn't what I was looking for. Sure. Tuxedo Melvin, however, delivered exactly what I was looking for. (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) Now, one interesting thing that this episode didn't really deliver was I was expecting this was going to be a big episode. I thought this was going to be like a big final fight because they've done the seven things. I don't know. We kind of I felt like we were led to believe this is where it was all going to come to a head. And this was going to be like a big monumental episode. Not really. No, we thought Tuxedo Melvin was going to be our epic finale episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tuxedo Melvin was going to be revealed to be the moon princess. Just, God, I wish, just based on everything that's happened before, this was kind of the place where it was supposed to happen. Well, this one, yeah. for, this one felt, I mean, let alone all of our other uh, um, hangups about Melvin, this opens on the fact that Molly likes him, which I didn't really believe. It's a dub change. Yeah. Good. Oh, really? Yeah. So the first half of this episode in the original Molly is still basically like, I don't feel anything for him that way. And he's trying to, you know, you know, he's trying to get with me. He wants to go out with me, but I don't really, you know, I feel like he's a friend. Now I'll Uh, give you what I do like about the dub change is that means Sailor Moon knows they both like each other and just need help. And that she's not just letting this gross boy pick up his, her best friend, which I like a lot less. I agree with you. Hardcore. Uh, it doesn't make as much sense in the context of what we've seen, but it does feel better. Yes, agreed. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they they changed that. That's one of like a cup. I mean, this episode kind of got chomped a little more than normal in terms of. I, yeah, I started lots, to lots pick of up cuts. on that. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of the few. I don't know if I can say few, but it's one of the dub episodes where you could, even watching it without context. You're like, I bet this had some editing problems. Sure. Um but yeah, so she she in that conversation that they have at the bench where Serena's like trying to get them together. Yeah, she's basically like, eh, I feel like he's a friend. And it's only later in the episode when he's like, you know, really proven himself that she sort of starts to be into it. Um, yeah, because there's that weird thing that happens when 
Molly in the dub is like, yeah, I like him, but he doesn't see me that way. He's not <laughs> treating me like a, a, a lady. And then and then when Serena talks to Melvin, he's like, oh, really? You think that's the way I can get Molly? And like, wait, you didn't. <laughs> You weren't interested. Now you're interested. And so. Yeah. Here's the way you can get Molly. Tell her you're interested. Just right, say yeah. you're interested. She already likes you. I know be, that for a fact. Just, how about be a, be an adult and let her. <laughs> yeah, and let her so latch on to you and be her adult boyfriend. Absolutely did not make any sense. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that gets me that doesn't make sense is we open with Luna talking to Central Control. And she right, finds at, at out the that there's a again. fifth scout. There's a fifth scout that's active that's going to appear soon. Also, yeah, they, the, the fun, the but voice... I don't know why they put it in this episode. If yeah, she... right, because it doesn't really come up for the rest of it. But no. it was it was kind of cool, like kind of getting a little bit of that, you know, juice. Um, sure. Because everybody else sort of showed up when the show decided it was time to have them. I like mm-hmm. that they're like, be ready, be on the lookout, and there's a new lady come to town. I mean, they've been teasing her since episode one with Sailor V. Well, sure, and if you know that. But if you don't, you don't. Sailor V, right? I don't think so. I mean, I think it this... is. I know, I know that it but, is, well, but I don't like, think that it's very clear. I just thought, like, who else is the only other sailor out there? Well, that's why. It, because you're, you're, you're looking at it a little bit backwards, because you know that yeah. she's coming, and you know that, that you've known that since episode one. If you've not known that, then this is just a, that's just a video game character that they talk about. That's yeah, true. and it, I mean, I mean, Lita came out of nowhere. Like, it could just be another girl that comes out of nowhere that transfers into their school and suddenly is a sailor. Right. So, um, yeah. The other thing I but, did realize, though, that V, you know, and and Roman numeral five, obviously she's Sailor Venus, but oh, the V oh. is Sailor Five, the fifth Sailor. Oh, that's a key. Oh, oh I like it. Uh, yeah, it's neat. But you, but I yeah, I mean, epi- the next episode that we're gonna watch is called Sailor V Makes the Scene. So uh, so you know, we won't have to wait too long for more plot. Uh, that's exciting. But I don't want to undercut the beauty that we got today just because yes. it wasn't a, a, a big climactic moment does not mean that it was <laughs> anything less than beautiful. Uh, so with a couple like cutaways to uh, Zoe site and Malachite sort of, you know, cuddling on each other and looking at this like <laughs> fancy little display Total they rubbing. bought for their, for their rainbow crystals. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They bought the collector case. <laughs> they mostly, uh, the episode is mostly about, uh, about Melvin, <laughs> which is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, they have so a conversation. Uh, Serena's uh, trying to, like we said, he's, she's trying to like figure out how Melvin can impress Molly. And she's like, oh, maybe you should be martial arts, Melvin. Or how about Mr. Romance, write her poems. And he, he I asked I tried her, writing you poems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't fucking work, Serena. Uh, also, she, when she's like, try being a karate master, he's like, do I look real buff to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been on the internet all night. <laughs> but uh, Serena has a great line delivery because uh, Melvin's like, well, so tell me, what's romantic? And she goes, roses <laughs> and a black tuxedo with she's a cape. She's funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's really funny. I like that actress a lot. Um, but yeah, she basically tells him that you know, the way to win over women is to be the guy that I'm into. Tuxedo yeah, mask. literally just look like Tuxedo Mask indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's really good at like... Bones. 
<laughs> she tries to give advice and it's like she learned she needs to learn that it that advice needs to be more generalized and not just about literally what would be work for you like <laughs> yeah. all of her all of her advice is like well this would work on me but i'm weird <laughs> this is so weird so then so then it kind of cuts to her and molly are walking home from school and they're they're met by none other than tuxedo melvin comma <sighs> Defender of helpless babesters. That written down too. It's so good. Yeah, I don't know. He like steps in front of like a an asshole dog with an even more asshole owner and kind of helps. I don't know. Uh, mostly Molly is just sort of like annoyed by him showing up and trying so hard. Uh, which honest, I would be too. True to Tuxedo Mask, who kind of helps and then sort of disappears that's that's super fair yeah yeah he doesn't do a lot that's that's substantial he did say a very funny line though where he's like you can't go into this arcade well if you want to go in there'll be over my prone body (laughs) yeah over my prone body (laughs) it's really cute and then they just step over it so there's a line where they talk about melvin and they're like oh melvin's just shy is Melvin actually shy? Because I don't feel like I've seen that. No, they're leaning on nerd stereotypes that we have not observed. Yeah. He shouts they... everything he says. <laughs> Melvin, he makes Melvin advances gets to kind on of, women. He kind of gets to be like, a, a, they get to take every disagreeable adjective and apply it to him. And we can all kind of, you know, just not pay attention and go, uh-huh. Yeah, he's gross. You know? Right. Like, they you know doesn't have Melvin to be based in like, fact. Melvin is like if you took an actual shy nerd and then you had an episode where he got more confident and then, oh, no, we've created a monster. He needs to be shy again. (laughs) But that's just him all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, your personality's always been bad. Shit, hide it again. Yeah. (laughs) But he doesn't. That's Melvin. Oh, Melvin. Well, according to Uh, Luna, he only likes things like computers and inchworms. (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, and apparently tickets to wacky world wrestling because yeah. andrew, oh, comes andrew in. gives them the coldest brush off and it was perfect oh, it's amazing <laughs> it was still clueless so clueless <laughs> yeah he's like he's like hey serena you want to go to wacky world wrestlers which is a, a incredibly misleading way to ask them if they want two tickets his and he tickets won't come. so that he can talk <laughs> yeah. to his long-term adult girlfriend yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. of course she thinks it's a date, and she's like, "Ooh, I can't believe he got over his girlfriend so fast." And then he drops the bomb on him. Uh, but Which now she's I, so upset that I mean, she doesn't want to go. I think it's really fun because, I mean, honestly, he should be a little clueless. I mean, she, her advances have been been not uh, not uh, uh, you know not shy, but also like, why would you assume that you're going on a date with me? I'm a grown up, and you're a child. Yes. That was your, you're the one reading too far into this, not me. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, from his perspective, all of this is completely innocent. Though, though from another perspective, we are also sort of saying, well, in this interaction of a social nature, it's the child's fault, not the adult's. Well, totally. Well, we know know from other contexts that um, he's aware of the crush and kind of likes it and or stokes it intentionally, which is what makes it sort of you know, much more, much more weird. Yeah, it is weird. Andrew, Andrew's just a strange, he just, he just seems like a problem to me. He, I agree. Um, because there's a version of this that could be kind of 
I mean, in if this was real life, um, as much as you, we want to like apply our 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 real life lenses to it, uh, you know, if if there's a 14 year old girl with a crush on you, it it is a thing where you're like, okay, I don't want to just like completely shut this person down. Uh, but I also don't want to feed into this. And you're kind of, you are kind of stuck in a, you know, some, some, a purgatory of like, I don't really know what to do in this situation. Especially sure. if you're an owner of a business that they go to and you can't, <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell yeah, them yeah, yeah. not to show up there and pay a lot of money to use the arcade <laughs> machines. Sure. But I would also argue that it is your adult responsibility to be very clear with them about what it is and is not going to happen with uh, your relationship. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because you are the one with the emotional maturity of years, uh, and she's fourteen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I do feel I do. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that the choice to make all these men, uh, or you know, kind of boys, uh, in the making them so big and adult like was is really not great. Yeah, yeah. Because they think, seem think, like they're written with the maturity of, you know, similar to the Sailor Scouts. Like they should agreed. be kind of. I would consider them emotionally equivalent. I just wish they weren't right. grown up bodies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what the one benefit is? If you were like, say, a younger girl when you were watching the show and you had a crush on Tuxedo Mask or, or mm-hmm. Andrew, and then later when you're an older older woman and you still have a crush on Andrew Tuxedo Mask, it's less <laughs> weird. Yeah, because they're not like a fourteen year old <laughs> character. Right. Which is, you know, so like when I go back in time and, and, you know, when I, when I go watch a goofy movie and I'm still like, Ooh, Roxanne's kind of cute. Then I feel weird because not only is she a, a, a you know, non-human dog furry dog child, she's also <laughs> like 15. <laughs> right. So it does damn make you, that easier. Damn you residual teen feelings. Uh, Hashtag teen feelings. <laughs> teen feelings. Yeah. That's the show. Uh, so let's, so, let's so, move on. Yeah, so they end up with tickets. They end up with tickets to Wacky World Wrestlers, which we find out later is basically just a live Super Sentai show. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of it's kind of like which a, is Power you know, Rangers for Power those of us who aren't anime monsters. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's it's Power Rangers. So basically, they show up and there's like a live show of what looks basically like the Red Ranger fighting some big monster, uh, but it's guys in suits, right? So yeah, you know, one wow. thing I liked about this episode uh, is that. The Negaverse characters have always been able to teleport freely, and they've been pretty light on using it. It's just kind of like been a plot convenience for them to warp in and out of the real world. Sure, sure. And this is the first episode that I think kind of used the teleporting a little bit more deliberately. Yeah. Yeah, usually it's beams or something. Yeah. But this Uh, was teleporting as like an offensive weapon, basically. (laughs) Well, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but Zoocyte, when when she transports, she sort of leaves behind like these little twinkly butterfly looking like twinkles. Those little pink. I thought they were uh, like rose uh, petals. Or, uh, rose petals. Like, yeah, pink sure, rose petals. Sakura, yeah. like, Sakura blossoms. Uh, th- th- you could just say cherry blossoms. Uh, anime yeah. nerd. Is that work <laughs> I when I say it? It's fair to shame him <laughs> so publicly about knowing, <laughs> having an interest in Japanese culture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not being nice to my friend. Uh so she leaves behind these uh uh you know little petals in the air and they she uses it like as a ploy because like Tuxedo Mask just sort of stands there for like 5 minutes swatting at petals hoping she'll <laughs> rematerialize cane. with his cane but in but she actually rematerializes like somewhere else and grabs the crystal 
which was kind of, kind of fun. A like, fun move. Like, like, like she used it tactically, which I thought was right. fun. Yeah. Um, but I did totally skip over the monster, which we should absolutely talk about. Yeah. Um, because Zoocyte wants to turn Molly into the monster, but when she shoots at Molly, Molly like coincidentally bends over at that moment, and she ends up accidentally shooting the you know the Red Ranger. Yeah. Uh, what is this that he turns into, and what is this theme? I don't theme? know. Oh it's well, like I'll tell you. Beetle. I'll tell you what they call him is a puffed up <laughs> muscle brained mutant, which I thought was a very good sick burn of the week. <laughs> it's and does a good he throw one. melons or something? <laughs> so. I, I thought about they this for a long time. They call it moss or They weeds? call it weeds. Weed balls? He's got <laughs> these green balls that he chucks at people. And those balls then, like, get bigger and eventually encompass the person. And Yeah, like, they, 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 they put you into those little, like, sumo suits where you're, like, right. now you're just stuck in an orb. <laughs> they also <laughs> crack open, they crack open, like, melons, though. They do crack open, like, melons. But uh-huh. I just thought it was a very funny way to incapacitate people. All these people are just, <laughs> like, in these, are, are, like, turtles with their, you know, turtles on their backs. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, my um, good in friend the Simpsons, nature has given me the in way. In the Simpsons, when they had that like foam, the uh, like anti like fight foam, the pacification oh, yes. foam, mm-hmm. and they're playing a monopoly fight, and the police <laughs> have to co- turn them into a large foam ball to stop them from fighting. It's like that. It's God. very silly. It's objectively the silliest way to. <laughs> <laughs> but to, he is. He's throwing them. When he first transforms and starts throwing these green balls of potentially, you know, plants around, he says, don't forget to eat your greens, folks. Uh, and But he's like this big red monster. Like, I don't get the theme. Like, he doesn't look like he's a plant guy at all, but he's throwing these plant balls. Uh, Serena at one point, like, says my sick burn of the week where she looks back at him and she says, those weeds are no match for moon power, mega crumb. I thought it was Negacrum, but yeah, it it was, either way, ne- we're funny. Could, Both were it funny. It could be Negacrum. I don't understand why Crumb. It's mm, like she doesn't yeah. know what the theme is either. <laughs> Speaking of crumbs, uh, when Tuxedo Melvin showed up to try to save the day, his weapon of choice are spicy shrimps in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just checking <laughs> coconut shrimp. He's like, I've got spicy shrimp. You don't want to get this in your eyes, you, you idiot. <laughs> He doesn't have roses, but he does have coconut shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) To Melvin's credit, he stands and takes a beating for quite a while to save Molly. Yeah, Yeah, Uh, he does. It's pretty impressive. Uh, You know, there's there's a bit of a I I don't know that I would say it's like a trope in anime, but there's a there's a trend in anime of like watching like guys prove their manliness by getting the shit kicked out of them, but still standing back up. Right. Um. And he definitely exemplifies that here, but he also just has the worst voice still. Still, so it's kind of a mixed, <laughs> a mixed experience for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't hate this episode if it means Melvin and and uh, and Molly kind of go off and do their own thing for a little while, and I don't have to have so much Melvin in my life. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but I also really don't think I don't I don't emotionally I don't want that to happen. I'm not no. ready to forgive him. No, he's, no, a, not he's really. a criminal, and. <laughs> He still no, hasn't no earned top the Melvin hat is going to change that. Yeah, he, he's right. not back in the good graces. No. Uh, so Serena gets kind of held ransom because uh, they're going to kill all those guys and also Molly, I yeah. think is the line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the exact line. Uh, and which is a weird line. And Serena has the one of her crystals 
the one crystal bra. that they have that Tuxedo Mask doesn't have. She's keeping it in her bra. Why does really she have on it Serena. on her? Why does she know. have it on her? Keep it safe. Why is it not somewhere with Give Luna? Give it to Luna. She'll figure out what to do with it. <laughs> Give it to Luna. The cat can figure it out. Don't trust Serena with the one thing that you have that's important. Right. Not God. to mention, she dropped the, the healing wand yes. a few episodes ago. Like, don't keep the crystal in your bra. And she's always just like, and she's always forgetting about having, you know, her transforming wand too. She's like, oh yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> right. Like, look, I'm she not. She can't even keep track of the toys she's got. I'm not a female identified person. I cannot vouch for the storage uh, <laughs> uh, abilities of, of the Brazier. Mm-hmm. But man, you know, I, that's got to be a pokey crystal. That's well, I will true. say too. Here's here's a part of here's a part of the what we're leaving out. Uh, she transforms uh, all her other clothes, you know, disappear and become the Sailor Moon clothes. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Don't don't <laughs> worry about it. So maybe maybe if you if you, if your clothes are disappearing and morphing into other clothes, maybe between your breasts is like the only place that like you can keep something. Maybe 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 because you you don't lose your boobs between you know between the transformation. <laughs> the, the, you get covered in ribbon. <laughs> that's right that's right the upshot of everything is that uh i mean who ends up with the crystal zoicide it's, gets it it's zoicide she does end she up with it at the everybody end. with her teleportation and then bounces so there's only two things that happen at the end before the sailor says uh one is that we get a melvin and molly scene where they're watching the wrestling show again uh and we get a callback i never expected oh my geez but that <laughs> i didn't it was complicated <laughs> <laughs> uh he he says uh you know she, she's like are you okay are you okay and he says nothing sharing my favorite milkshake won't cure and she goes oh vanilla and prunes for you i can handle you remembered. it for you i can handle it <laughs> i could learn to like bugs <laughs> <laughs> the fucking prune milkshake though it came back i thought yeah. they would just forget that they wrote that terrible joke they doubled down on it <laughs> oh man so good and that's a dub uh, joke right is, is that, do i remember that correctly i believe so i believe so yeah, yeah. very weird <laughs> and the only other thing that happens i don't want to gloss over this either is a pretty monumental moment uh back at home luna apologizes to <laughs> serena for not noticing the crystal was just sitting right the fuck in front of her and letting Zoicite take it. Like, yeah. she actually, like, says sorry Took the to responsibility Serena. for her actions, yeah. Like, holy shit. I thought that was kind of incredible. Luna is... Yeah. Of course, she didn't apologize for her behavior. She apologized for just simply <laughs> not noticing something one time. So it's, like, Correct. a little bit... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we finally heard it, but it is a hollow apology. Yeah, yeah. It's not complete. Let's put it that way. No, but so the sailor says, I, I had a hard time with, because the sailor says is full on Melvin apology. Uh huh. It very yeah. much is. Don't give me a Melvin redemption in this. Well, don't just try well, no. to. Do also, this. it's not even they really a Melvin apology. I mean, end. it is, but it's it's like don't judge a book by its cover, and we're like, well, no, we're judging a book by twenty seven episodes worth of worth of uh, <laughs> worth actual of pages skeevy, that we've read and didn't like, content. didn't really like what we were getting out of it. Right. right. We saw the real <laughs> uh, but we they re- do We un- read the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've read the book and we've reviewed it on Goodreads. Can I, no, thank can you. Can I judge the book by its back cover? Yeah. Uh, 
the the way that it ends though kind of undercuts their message and maybe gets a little closer to what you want because she says like you know hey you never know what's inside and then melvin like they have the shot of melvin getting stepped on in front of the arcade and then she goes well then again and laughs. <laughs> yes true it's like so it seems like the message of this sailor says is don't judge a book by its cover except don't judge melvin. people by how they look except melvin though because like but come on because look at melvin. this fucking nerd <laughs> good episode yeah All right, so uh, we've we've had we've had three really exciting rounds of this of this crystal battle, uh, and we want to know who you think is the winner. So uh, we know, but you guys have to tell us who you think it is. You got to tell us. Yeah. Tweet 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 at us with uh, hashtag. Who wins, who wins just this pick whatever hashtag fight. you want. Just pick <laughs> any hashtag. Any, any hashtag. <laughs> pick your tweet. favorite hashtags, and we'll see them. Tweet and see who do you think won the crystal battle? Is it Austin? Was it Rory? Was it a third party? We didn't know. Yeah, was we fighting. look at all the hashtags. We're looking at all of them. We're looking at hashtag gum. We're looking at hashtag all the things. We're looking at hashtag friendship. Uh, hey, put it under hashtag it. blast. We're checking every single one of those. We're checking blast all of them. Is pretty good. Uh, yeah. but yeah, just tell us what you tell us. What, tell us what you think. We're gonna tabulate um, those results real time. <laughs> yeah. We won't show it. Like we're doing it real time, but we don't have anywhere to show it to you real time. So we got just those trust folks we're over doing at five thirty eight. They're figuring out. They're getting <laughs> uh, getting the politics. The politicos are on it to figure out who's going to win. Yeah, they don't have any. They're not busy with anything else right now. No. Uh, so you know, as always, thank you for listening. This was a really fun one. Uh, episode thirty three. I can hardly believe that we've done thirty three of these we're we're closing in on a we've year a of this podcast. 33. oh we yeah, certainly got have the specials we've done a, a millions it, load <laughs> we're in the we're in the forties we're in the forties on on episodes of produced content so uh you know well, pats on the back all around <laughs> and if you've listened to even ten of those that's pretty good i think <laughs> i think so too i think it's amazing uh but you know just know it's, we, we we love you thank you uh Saturday morning Tuesdays this, is, i mean is... we do this for us but we also do it for you we do I mean, if we only did it for us, we wouldn't cut anything, and we'd probably just sit and talk for three hours about cartoons. But uh, we would still shame Andy about anime, though. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's every chance we get. We tone like it that... down for the podcast. <laughs> we don't want it to feel like such too bit of a weird, weird dynamic. Like, what's with this third person who's not even their friend? Why do they keep letting them come and jabber on about Yu Gi Oh? I've only once mentioned you. I've jabbered a single time. I'm sorry, but you throw out the Millennium Puzzle even once and you're out of here. Austin, you want to take us out of this episode? Yeah, I'm going to take us out. Say the thing we say, gosh dang it. That thing that we say every time? Yeah, I want to say that thing that that we say every time. And that thing uh, that we always say is, is stuck on me, stuck on you, stuck on all of you and me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Stuck on me. Stuck on you. Stuck Stuck on all of you and me. me. There it is. Thanks for listening. All right. Goodbye. Whoa! Crystals, crazy death fights. Wow. Shit's shattering against the walls, and teens are dying, and moms are crying. I don't, I don't know. The episode's over. This episode's over, and the theme is theme is done. Um, whew. Shake that one out. Okay, great. Thank you for listening. We love that you listen. We love you 
and uh, we love doing this. This is this is such a labor of love for us. How many more times can I say love? I love today's sponsors. We were sponsored this week by Jeff Styles Back Jacking It Backwards and Barnabas King of Trains. And uh, you know, if you're if you're wondering like, oh man, how can I get more of that goodness? How can I get notified every time there's an episode? How can I like read fun liner notes and all sorts of shit for every episode? Well, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We got all sorts of stuff there. We post fun shit every week. And then also, you can go to our website, satamtuesdays.com. That's S-A-T-A-M Tuesdays.com. Or, you know, you could stalk us, find out where we live, hang out outside my apartment and, you know, hold a knife and stare me down. Maybe don't do that last one. Uh, Next week, I I normally would tell you what we're going to do next week, but it's a big old fucking secret. So, you know what? Why don't you just wait a week and find out, you, 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 you impatient... What's a name that starts with I? 